Good morning. It's a great joy here to be this morning with around God's people. And uh, in the day of the Lord, it's a great privilege also to share the Word of God with you this morning. You are my beloved faith community church, family in God. In God. Uh, Mariela and I and the kids, we love you so much. You are a true blessing in our lives. We love you with all our hearts. Okay. Open your Bibles in Psalm 46. That's going to be our text for this morning. Psalm 46. I chose to preach this psalm uh, for my Hebrew senior preaching class in October 2019. That was last fall, a long time ago. And many things has happened since the last fall, as you know. So in God's providence, this is the text for today. Psalm 46. I titled this uh, beautiful psalm, The Presence of the Lord in Difficult Times. The Presence of the Lord in Difficult Times. What do you do when adversity knocks at your front door? What do you do when cancer is at your front porch? Do you open the door? Or do you run towards the back door? What do you do when disaster strikes in your life? What do the people of God do in time of national crisis? How does the church of Christ react to worldwide chaos? So far... We know that 2020 will be a year to remember. Thousands of fires in Australia. Big earthquakes everywhere. Hundreds of volcanoes in eruption. Hundreds of billions of locusts in Africa and other parts of the world. A global pandemic that has affected the entire planet. It seems like natural chaos is all over us. And it's not even half the year yet. We are living difficult times. And the question that still on the floor is what do we do as Christians when difficult times shows up in our lives, how do we react? Do we imitate the world? What do we do? The year was 1527. The place was Wittenberg, Germany. 
After 10 demanding years of leading the Reformation, the great reformer Martin Luther was in the most difficult time of his life. Tired, weak, sick of many health issues. Martin Luther was fighting for his life. On top of that, something worse came into the life of the reformer. The Black Plague. The Black Plague had entered Germany and spread into Wittenberg. This plague had three major breakouts. The first one was in the 6th century. The second was, was in the 14th century. And the third one was in the mid of the 19th century. But it was the second one, the worst outbreak, where took the life of one-third of Europe, Europe population. And the plague repeatedly, uh, repeatedly returned to haunt Europe over and over. Many people fled Wittenberg, fitting for their life. But Luther and his pregnant wife, Katarina, remained in the city because they were convinced that it was their duty to take care of the sick and dying in Wittenberg, Germany. On top of that, their one-year-old son died during those days. Death was all around Luther. And he, more than ever in his life, decided to seek refuge in the Lord. And he was here in Psalm 46 where Luther found such a strength. It was from here that he composed the most famous hymn of the Reformation, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Psalm 46 has been the greatest psalm to seek refuge in the weakest time through the church history. So, what do we do when adversity presents in our daily living, I believe Psalm 46 answer all those questions this morning. Let's read Psalm 46. Psalm 46. To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, Alamoth excuse me, a son. Verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear that the earth gives away, that the mountains will be moved into the heart of the sea. Though it waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble and its swelling, Selah. There is a river whose streams makes glad the city of God the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help 
her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the words of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks a bow and shatters, and shatters the spear. He burns the chariot with fire. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. What a beautiful song we're going to study this morning in this perfect, perfect time. Psalm 46 is a psalm of confidence. It's a psalm of trust. It is an invitation to the believer to trust in the powerful presence of the Lord. Especially in time of turmoil. Despite of natural chaos. Despite of national or worldwide geopolitical disorder. God is ever present among his people. The psalm, the beauty, uh, I love so much this psalm is because this psalm is about God. God is the main theme in this psalm. Speaks about his greatness, his nature, his character. You can notice there right away, verse 1. God is a refuge. Verse 4, the city of God. The most high. Verse 5, God is in the midst of her. Second part of verse 5, God will help her. Verse 6, he uttered his voice. Verse 7, He, the Lord of hosts. Verse 8, the words of the Lord. Verse 8, he has brought desolation. Verse 9, he makes war cease. He breaks the bow. He burns the chariots. Verse 10, I am God. I will be exalted above the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts and the God of Jacob. 18 times in 11 verses. So what is the main thing of this song? It's about God. About God. There's a lot of theology proper. A lot of the doctrine of God in this beautiful psalm. And I think that's what we need in these times. A big vaccine of God. A big dose of God in this time. And this beautiful psalm will display it. There are many different types of psalms, as you know, in the collection. We have psalms of lament, psalms of thanksgiving, royal wisdom, imprecatory, and Sion psalms. And this is a Sion psalm, like Psalm 48, 76, 84, 87, 122. You can read it right there on verse 4, where it says, The city of God, the holy habitation. Songs of Zion celebrate the holy city of Jerusalem. 
as the city of God. God's resting place forever. We don't know with precision what was the historical background for this psalm. But it seems probably written after a military victory over a foreign power that attempted to attack the city of Jerusalem. Some believe that it was recorded after the destruction of King Sennacherib and the Assyrian army during the reign of Hezekiah, as we can find in Second Kings chapters 18 and 19. But I think it fits better after the destruction of the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sire that we can find in sec- we can find in Second Chronicles chapter twenty verses one to thirty. Here's the psalmist sings a song of victory of the Lord, of the Lord Almighty. This marvelous psalm was written by one of the sons of Korah. Notice there in the superscription at the beginning of the psalm to the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a son. The sons of Korah were Levites that produced and performed music while the tabernacle was in the wilderness. And also after the construction of the temple, as we can find in Numbers chapter 26. Here this morning... The psalmist give us three reasons to trust the ever-present Lord, especially in difficult times. Three reasons to trust the ever-present Lord, especially in difficult times. And we can find the first reason on, verse, on verses 1 to 3. And that is, the Lord is our safest shelter. The Lord is our safest Shelter. Notice how here the psalmist begins by announcing that God is a strong refuge for his people, providing safety from natural chaos. Notice here, verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present in trouble. Notice something very particular here in this psalm, here in the first verse. Notice how the psalmist presents God in a very personal way to the people of Israel. In the Hebrew text, it reads, He is for us in verse 1, 7, and 11, and with us on verse 7 and 11. Very personal to the Israelite, very personal to the people of God. So this is a confession among the people of God, a communal confession, a corporate worship among the people of God. And who is for us? And with us, verse 1, God. We read it right away, God. But for the Hebrew mind, Elohim, the true God, the strong one, the mighty leader, the supreme deity, the God of Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. 
God the creator. And notice that the Israelite are not boasting here in their armies, in their force, in their fortresses, in their weapons. They are boasting in the only true living creator of the world. Elohim. God himself is Israel's protection in times of trouble. That, that word in verse 1, refuge, in the Old Testament can be used of any strong shelter used for protection in, in a storm or in war. Here, God is pictured as a refuge, meaning that He is the only one who can provide the protection from the troubles of life. God and God alone is our strong shelter when we face dangers in our life. Notice the second figure he used, used here in this first strength. He refers to God as the sword of strength that enables the believer in times of trouble. In times of difficulties, the believer can trust the safety and the strength that only the Lord can provide in moments of affliction. And, th- and those resources are available to the believer all the time. You notice that? Notice verse 1 again. A very present help in trouble. This text literally says, a help in trouble, he is found to be abundantly. In other words, God always has proven himself to be great help in times of trouble in the life of the believer. Always. 100% all the time. This word help in the, in the original means helping someone who cannot help himself. In other words, God will do for his people what they cannot do for themselves. And this is amazing. This is amazing. Why? Because you don't have to depend on your weak human resources. But rather in the help of the all-sufficient Lord. You can depend on the Lord 100% all the time. When the situation turns ugly, you cry out to God. And you trust God because he is always available to help you. Always. That word for trouble at the end of verse 1 has the sense of confinement. It is a straight, a, a tight bind. It refers to those difficult, life-threatening situations where there seems to be no way out, no room even to move. Imagine 10 people in a five-by-five room. That's the sense. You can even breathe. Situations like natural disasters or strong army who's coming to fight against you. 
in such times like those when there's no way out. Only God can help you. And believers must believe that and trust in that. I remember an episode in our life six years ago. Remember when we had the tornadoes warning? And uh, we have a warning about those tornadoes. I'm from Puerto Rico. We have hurricanes. But you, you're at least you're two or three weeks in advance. You know what's, going, what's coming in. And the tornado just came to our life that moment, I remember. And, and first time. And everything turns black. It was uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And we run to the bathroom. My wife, Mariela, the kids. And we were in a, our little four by seven half bathroom <laughs> right there all together. And then it turns blacker, m- more dangerous, and a lot of noise. And I remember one of the kids, Dad, what, what, what we do now? In that moment, I told him, this is the moment that you pray and seek God. There's nothing else to do. There's, no, there's nowhere else to go. We pray and trust God in those kind of situations. Always. Always. Brothers and sisters, in times of real adversities, God is our safest shelter, our only help during the times of trouble. It doesn't matter what kind of problem or what kind of trouble you face. You run to God. And why? Because he watches and cares over his people. The psalmist, the psalmist understood this great truth. The Israelites knew this great theology. And that's why they can come to this solid conclusion based on the character of God. Notice there, verse 2. Therefore, we will not fear that the earth gives way, that the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, that its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. He, he, look the idea over here. It's an idea of an unstable environment. Earthquakes, tidal waves, tsunamis, destruction landslides, erosion of mountainsides into the sea. The description here is of a natural disaster, natural chaos. And they're saying, because God is who he say he is, because he is Elohim, the true living God, the strong one, the mighty leader, the supreme deity. Even in the worst case scenario, the people of God can say, we will not fear. Based in the nature and the character of God. It's that conclusion. No matter what. No matter what happens, those trusting in the Lord are always safe. God is greater than all the forces of nature. And the people of God can place their confidence 
in the sovereign Lord of creation. He is the one who controls the nature by the power of his mouth. But we need to have faith in God. We don't learn this theology just for matter of information. We apply this theology into our lives. We have to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.6 said, I remember it was the morning of January the 7th this year. I received a text message from my mom at 6 o'clock in the morning. She never texted me at that time. And she, she texted me, Andresito, Andresito is for little Andres. I'm my 51, I love that name now, Andresito. Andresito, big earthquake in Puerto Rico. Please call your brother. He lives in Puerto Rico. That morning, a magnitude 6.4 earthquake struck in the island of Puerto Rico. And just one hour later, another one struck, 5.0. Thousands of people lost their homes. Finally, uh, I was able to talk to my brother. He was okay. But then he told me he was very scared. And he asked me, what should he do? I told him, dear brother, I want you to read Psalm 46, day and night, for the next 30 days. This psalm will bring peace to your soul. My beloved church, in times of uncertainty, or natural chaos, the Lord is our solid rock of stability. But we need to trust in the Lord, and we need to run to the Lord as we believe. Notice how verse 3 ends with that word Selah, also in verse 7 and 11, 71 times you will see this word through the Psalms. Selah, it was a musical marker indicating a pause, a crescendo or an interlude, inviting the reader to stop and consider carefully the magnitude of what is being said. And that's exactly what we have to do as the people of God with these very three verses. To stop and pause. And we should consider carefully this great truth and meditate upon them on a daily basis. Especially in this time that we're living. That the Lord is our safest shelter. And we can put all our confidence in Him. That we should trust Him 100% with our hearts in this moment of chaos and uncertainty. A second reason to trust the ever-present Lord especially in difficult time, is because the Lord is our mighty protector. 
The Lord is our mighty protector. We will see this on verses 4 to 7. Not only do we have in Him the safest shelter to run and hide, but we also have the ever-present protector to rely on. The psalmist now moves from natural crisis in verses 1 to 3 to national political crisis, verse 4 to 7. Although the foundations of the earth were shaking and collapsing on verse 1 to 3, and Jerusalem was about to be besieged by their enemies, verses 6 to 7, notice the contrast in verse 4 to 5. Notice the peace and tranquility in verse 4 to 5. Why is that? In verse 4, despite of all this chaos going all around them, verse 4, there is a river whose streams may glad the city of Elohim, the true God, the strong one, the mighty leader, the supreme deity, the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. The mighty protector is in the midst of his people to provide security and peace to his people. All the time. Look again, verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Here, the psalmist most likely is referring to the stream of Siloam, which was the only supply of water for the people of Jerusalem. Probably, this river is a river of life that flows from the throne of God that we find in Revelation chapter 22, verse 1 and 2. The idea here is, in Psalm 46, is referring to the gently flowing waters of this river as a sign of God's provision of life, especially in time of siege, in time of war. Basically, the preservation of life. There's no life without water. And of course, the water supply itself could not protect the people of God from invasion, but God, who made the gracious provision of life to the city, could. This is talking about here God's provision. God's provision in moment of affliction. God will provide all the necessary elements for His people in time of peace or war. In good times and in bad times. God will provide whatever you need. Notice also here that these river streams make glad the city of God. Jerusalem was often designated, uh, designated excuse me, as the city of God. As we see in Psalm 9-11 where it says, Sing praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Jerusalem was the place where the holy habitation was located. The Temple Mount was the place where the Temple and the Ark of the Covenant were located. And it's in this place where the Most High dwells. Most High, look at that title. In Hebrew, Elion, the Most High. 
refers to the supreme sovereignty of God. The psalmist is saying here, the powerful presence of our supreme sovereign God is in our city. Therefore, the city shall not be moved. It's like the Israelites are boasting and they're saying, bring it on. Bring it on. Show me what you got. The earth may be shaking. The mountains may be moving. The oceans may be rumbling. The nation may be raging. But the Lord is not. He is our solid rock in times of affliction. God is our sole resource of stability, and he is our only provision in time of chaos. And notice now at the end of verse 5, it says, God will help her when morning dawns. The Lord will provide whatever his people needs in time of affliction. He will provide everything that you need in that moment. Even death, there will be a day that the Lord is going to call us to our presence through death. And even in that moment, he will provide all the grace, all the mercy that you need to be in his eternal presence. Now, God will provide for the security of his people in times of imminent danger. He will provide not only provision, but also protection. Verses 5 to 6. Probably Jerusalem was under attack by their enemies. Look at verse 6. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. This looks like big enemies, powerful armies. That are against the people of God. But the people of God were trusting in something bigger and better than them. And what was that? In the powerful presence of the Lord Himself. Look at the second part, verse 6. He utters His voice, the earth melts. Jerusalem was not simply depending on the Lord for water supply or for protection of his walls, all the battlements, but Jerusalem was depending fully in the reality of the powerful presence of the Lord in their life. This is the kind of faith that we must have in this time of trouble. The voice of God, no doubt, signifies his will or command, but here it seems that the psalmist have an eye in the promises of God that he will be the mighty protector of his people. What are the means? He does it by the means of his mighty voice. I call myself the nuclear weapon of his mouth. It echoes Psalm 29 verse 4. 
where it says, The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Verse 5, the voice of the Lord breaks the saddles of the Lebanon. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. And his temple all cry, glory. The powerful word of God. Despite of this national crisis, despite of their enemies, the people of God can be confident in the mighty protection of the Lord. And you can see that affirmation of confidence right on the next verse, verse 7. We, we can stay in the first part of that verse maybe five weeks preaching on that text. The Lord of hosts is with us. Yahweh Sebaot, the Lord Almighty. A literal translation from the Hebrew is Yahweh of army of armies is for us. Yahweh, Lord, is the most common name for God in the Old Testament. God revealed his name to Moses. Remember uh, 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 at the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. This name speaks of God eternal and unchanging nature. nature, The self-assistant and ever-present God. But also, as people of God listen to this carefully, but also, this is the name by which he signed his covenant. For the Hebrew mind, he was the promise-keeping God who was personally present with them. Think about that. Reflect on that as people of God. When reading the Psalms, we, we need to stop and reflect in these names because of their theolo- theological meaning that they carry. We cannot understand the passage if we don't understand the meaning. Isn't just name of a title a title? It's the divine nature and character of the God that we serve, that we love, that we trust. Notice in verse 7, the next term, after the Lord, Sebaot, Almighty, or host. This refers to a, a large number of hosts, such as human armies, celestial bodies, and heavenly creatures, such as angels. This title, the Lord of hosts, or the Lord Almighty, conveyed the idea of the sovereignty of God over all the powers of the universe. The Lord is the supreme chief commander. Of all the armies in heaven and in earth. The most powerful armies here in armies here in the planet are at his disposal. And because of this, the people of God can 
prospers in great confidence. They know that this mighty protector is in control of all these armies, heaven and earth, and everything. This is amazing. I have to stop and reflect on that for a second. The eternal, the self-existent, the ever-present God, the God who is present faithfully to keep His covenant, the supreme chief commander of all the armies, is for us. Who can stand in our way? Nobody. Yes, Israel was in, had, a, had a national crisis. Yes, the city is about to be attacked by our powerful enemies. But they can relax and depend in the Lord Almighty for protection. God is with His people and God will protect His people no matter what. That's the idea. And that applies to us in these critical times as well. And you can see the same concept in the second part of this verse, a parallel. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The God of Israel, the people of God, is our fortress. Here the reference of Jacob speaks not only of God's covenant with the patriarch, but also of God's power and grace with his needy people in times of difficulties. God cares for his people. God cares for you this morning. The God who is faithful to his covenant with his people is our fortress. Fortress here literally means an inaccessible high place, a stronghold in a high place. Uh, I was born in Puerto Rico in the city of San Juan. And there we have the famous old San Juan city. And in top of the hill, we have a huge fortress. It's called San Felipe del Morro Fort. For more than 400 years, nobody can penetrate the city of the old San Juan. Massive, huge fort. That's the idea here of the psalmist. A mighty fortress in top of the hill. Nobody can penetrate. What it means is that God was to the psalmist a stronghold of protection, his sure defense from the assault of his enemies. My dear brothers and sisters, no matter what's going on there in this chaotic world, no matter what, we can be confident. That God is in the midst of his church. And God will protect his church against all evil. Against the gates of hell. And against all the assaults of the world. The Lord is in total control of all the events in history. He decreed it from eternity past. 
He is a sovereign God. As R.C. Sproul very well articulated, I quote, If there is one single molecule in this universe running around loose, totally free of God's sovereignty, then we have no guarantee that a single promise of God will ever be fulfilled. End of quote. But that's not the case according to Psalm 46. No virus will stop the church. No national crisis will stop his missions. His mission. Why? Because he is among us. He is with us. And he is for us. Notice the last word in verse 7 again. Selah. Good place to stop. Pause. And think and reflect in this great truth in our life as a, as a Christian. Not only the Lord is our safest shelter. Not only the Lord is our mighty protector. But also, the Lord is our sovereign ruler. And we will see that in verses 8 to 11. And this beautiful science song is getting even better. It's like a crescendo in one of the best Mozart compositions. And it looks like the psalmist is moving from national crisis to worldwide chaos now. After the battle on the previous section, notice how the psalmist invite the reader to look ahead to the victory in which God will be assaulted over the, all over the nations. In verse 8, he starts the invitation with two imperatives, two mandates to the people of God. These are not suggestions, by the way. These are mandates for the people of God. Verse 8, Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. Stop the noise out there. Come, behold the works of the Lord. In a broader context, we know that the works of the Lord include all the acts of God in the history of salvation, from, from, from the exodus, conquest, the period of judges and monarchy, all the way to the greater work, which was the cross, Christ, and the resurrection. But here, in this specific context, the psalmist describes the mighty works of the Lord in three statements. And you will see in verse 9. First, by making peace worldwide. First part of verse 9. He makes wars cease to the end of the, war, of the earth. Second, by showing his mighty power, he breaks the bow and shatters the spear. And thirdly, by bringing final judgment to all his enemies. In the last part of verse 9, he burns the chariots 
with fire. In other words, before he bring peace, he will bring total judgment to all his enemy and total victory. And the people of God are invited to witness that great victory from the Lord. And notice how this great song now arrived to his climax in verse 10. There, there's a change in the speaker now. It's not the psalmist anymore. It is the Lord himself. Literally God speaking. And verse 10 starts with two mandates, two imperatives, to match those two imperatives. And verse 9. But these are from the Lord himself. Listen carefully. Be still and know. This, this verb, uh, be still, in the Hebrew, is in the Hefield stand, Rafa, uh, for those Hebrew students over here. And that has the idea of, of a slack, of, of drop the hands. In other words, stop what you're doing. That's the idea. Stop. Whatever you're doing, stop. What are you doing? And no, this is a huge warning against the Gentile nations and also to the unbelievers. If you are without Christ this morning, this applies to you. Stop this chaos and know that judgment will come. I don't want that. But also, this is a rebuke to the people of God, to Israel, and to the people of God today. Stop fearing and trust the Lord. My dear church, Stop your fears and trust in the Lord. And know, know what? Look again, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God, Elohim, the true God, the strong one, the mighty leader, the supreme leader, the sovereign ruler, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Do you believe that? These have a great weight in our life. Big implications. My friends, if you're without Christ this morning, this is a call to surrender to this mighty protector, to this great God. My beloved brothers and sisters, This is a call to trust in this great God 
Again, I have to say it. Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. But the Lord doesn't stop there. He continues. Second part of verse 10. I will be exalted about the nations. I will be exalted in the, in the, el, in the earth. Excuse me. This glorious sovereign ruler will be worshipped from all parts of the world. All the nations will see the glory of the Lord like never before. This is our hope. This is our faith. This is what we believe. This is amazing. But up to that moment, we live in this unstable world knowing that he is among his people. That he is protecting his people. That he is protecting his church. It was the Lord himself. Christ. Who said. And behold. I am with you. Always. 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 To the end. Of the age. We need to own this great truth in our life. In good times, but also in bad times. In this time of chaos, the Lord is with us. Is with us. Notice how the psalmist concludes this beautiful song in verse 11. Same stanza found in verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Yahweh of armies is for us. The God of the patriarchs is our fortress. Selah. Let's pause and meditate in this great truth. The nature and the character of God. This is a song of the ages. Psalm 46. My beloved church, because the future belongs to God and to God alone, and we are his children we must put all our trust in him. In, nature, in natural chaos, in national crisis, or in worldwide instability. We must put all our confidence in the Lord. Why? Because he alone is our safest shelter, our mighty protector, and our sovereign ruler. 
Since God is the only true God and the only true source of safety and security in times of difficulties, the believer needs not to fear the chaos and the danger outside. Why? Because God's protection and ultimate victory over the world, it's for sure. It's certain. Church, stop all the loud noises from the outside. And let's live for this glorious King. Brothers and sisters, let's be the church of Christ. In this time of crisis, we have a mission. We can stop that mission. Let's be the church in this time of chaos because the Lord is with us and for us. Therefore, we will not fear anything and anybody. Martin Luther was a great man of God. By the time of his death, in 1546, he was already recognized as one of the, as a major reformer of the church. He was a strong man of faith. As he laid on his deathbed in Germany, his last words were these, quote, Our God is the God from who comes salvation. God is the Lord by whom we escape death. End of quote. Until his death, he remained strong in his faith in the Lord. God was his mighty fortress. May we be men and women with such a great convictions and faith in the Lord in times of difficulties. Church, in this time of uncertainty, we can be certain of the powerful presence of the Lord in the church and in our lives. He is with us and he is for us. And if you're in Christ, let me tell you, my beloved, you will never be able to escape from the presence of the Lord, not in this life or in the one to come. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning with this beautiful song. Your word give us hope and peace in this time of trouble. You alone are our refuge and strength from the affliction of this life. Though this world may crumble around us, 
May we look at you. May we trust you and find peace in you alone. Lord, we know that every atom, molecule, cell, virus, plague, government, kingdoms are under your mighty hand. May we trust you. May we trust in your promises. May we trust in your word that in our darkest days we can trust in you and in you alone. May you be exalted and glorified through Jesus Christ to him belong all glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In him we pray. Amen.